So hey everyone, it's really a privilege for me to be able to be here this morning. And I really want to thank Steve and the eldership team for trusting me with this message. And I really pray that this message will speak to us, that will encourage us, and that will also strengthen us. And so my name is Daniel, as Steve said. I'm 19 years old. I come from a big city called Paris. I really love that city. It's been 13 years I'm there, and it's just been such a blessing to be able to be in Chicago with Anthem Church. Honestly, I just want to thank you guys. It just It blesses me so much to be with you guys this morning, since February. It's just been incredible. So let's open our Bibles to John chapter 9. We won't read every verse, but in this passage, Jesus heals a man who was born blind. And I'm aware that maybe people here don't believe in Jesus, but I really believe that this passage is as relevant for you as it is for all of us. So please, let's open our hearts. So John 9, verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And so then Jesus heals that man, which is already incredible to heal a man who was born blind. But what happens is that the Pharisees, they don't believe that he was healed. They believe that they were just making a scene. And so verse 18. They still did not believe that, the, that he had been blind and had received his sight until the sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him, he is of age. Verse 24, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't know who Jesus was. But there's one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. I don't know who Jesus was. I don't know if he was a sinner. But one thing I know, he, I was born blind, but now Ah, uh, see, what a testimony. Doesn't this bring faith out of you when we hear this verse? And so this morning we're going to be talking about the power of testimony. A testimony builds faith, it builds hope in people's lives. So we'll first define what a testimony is. Then we'll look at three aspects that make a testimony powerful. Then we'll look at what we must do after having a testimony. And then as it's a preach about testimony, I'll be sharing a quick testimony. Cool? Let's go. <laughs> so what is a testimony? So in courts of law, it's a formal, written, or spoken statement. And one side note is that a testimony in law can influence the sentence of someone, if he goes to prison or not. I, I just think it's so interesting how testimony has power in the Bible, but it also has power in our society. And we saw it with Black Lives Matter on social media. It was people testifying of what happened to George Floyd, that nations rose up and tried to make a difference, the power of testimony. But in a religious context, I believe a testimony is to proclaim what God has done in a set of circumstances. And a testimony comes from the Latin testis, which means witness. So in other words, when we share a testimony, 
We are witnesses of God's power, love, faithfulness, and so much more. Isn't it beautiful? We are witnesses of God. Hebrews 12, verse 1, 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Testimony brings faith out of us, so we can run with perseverance to waste that God put in front of us. In Matthew 24, 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and the end will come. The gospel is a testimony. So a testimony is a proclamation of what God has done instead of circumstances, but it's also a proclamation of who God is and what he is capable of doing. But what makes a testimony powerful? And I think this is one of the most important points. A testimony is power because it points to Jesus. A testimony is power because it points to Jesus. When we share a testimony, we're not supposed to glorify ourselves. We're not here to show how incredible we are or how God chose me so that this can happen in our life. A testimony fixes our eyes on the King of Kings. It's supposed to show how much Jesus is faithful, how much he is powerful, how he is peace, how he is sovereign over every circumstances, and how he loves justice. Our testimonies, our stories, our churches, the equipment we just had, will be a nightmare if Jesus wasn't in it. Romans 8, verse 31. What then shall we say in response to these things? What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? The Lord of lords, the King of kings, the beginning and the end, the creator, Hosanna Emmanuel, is with us. No mountain, no enemy is too big for him. So when we share a testimony, let's remember, it's not because of us that we are saved. It's by grace. And it's by the power of God that we are able to share testimonies today. So testimony is power because it points to Jesus. Secondly, as it's written in John 20, 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts 1.8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. A testimony is power because we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our testimonies has been enabled by the Holy Spirit so that it can build faith and hope in people's lives. It's one of our callings to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim who God is. And we are not alone. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I think one thing we can understand from this is that a testimony is not supposed to be kept as a secret. And I'm so bad at this. Like, I, when I have a testimony in my life, I like to just keep it between me and God. I, I'll thank him for it, you know, but, like, I won't tell anyone what happened. But... <laughs> But why keep such a revelation of God to other people? Imagine if you had unlimited stock of iPhone 13s. 
<laughs> and you can give it to a bunch of people in the room without any big sacrifice. But you choose not to, even if you're only going to use one, maybe two yeah, from 13s. But I'm not trying to condemn us, but we need to understand that what we can bring can literally change someone's life. Our testimony is important, not, no matter how small it is. Again, it's not because something incredible happened that builds faith and hope in people's lives. It's because the Holy Spirit enabled our testimonies. So a testimony is power because of the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, I believe a testimony has the power to make the enemies flee. A testimony has the power to make the enemies flee. And we see it in the book of Joshua when Israel goes through the Jordan to go to the promised land. And God literally splits the Jordan in two, which is already incredible. But let's, let's read what happens afterwards in Joshua 5 verse 1. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. There's something very interesting in this verse because sometimes God can be very supernatural. Sometimes we don't need to do anything and all our enemies will just disappear in one second. But that's not what happens here. What made the hearts of the kings, the hearts of the enemies of Israel, melt in fear? They heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan. They heard with their ears how the Lord had dried up the Jordan. People testifying of what the Lord has done for Israel made all the enemies flee. So just imagine when you proclaim your testimony on a Sunday morning or in your life group or with a group of friends, your enemies will start fleeing in Jesus' name, but also the enemies of the people hearing you. I'm sure you've already heard this phrase, God is bigger than your obstacle, your mountain, your enemy. And it's true. But you know what? Your enemy or obstacle is so scared of God that just at the mention of the name of Jesus, they naturally and supernaturally flee. I just loved how this morning we just sang the name of Jesus. The earth will shake, chains will break when we sing, holy is the name of Jesus. So testimony has the power to break chains. But what do we do now? After God revealing himself so powerfully. Or what do we do now if we don't have a testimony? I think the first thing, and I've already talked about it, is that we need to share it. Why keep such a revelation of who God is to other people? But there's something else I believe we need to do. Let's read Joshua 10 verse 25. So what happened is that Israel just won against five armies which is one army against five armies, and they won, which is incredible. And afterwards, Joshua brings the five kings defeated in front of his men. And he says, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong. 
and courageous. The five kings defeated is a way of showing how God gave them victory. It's the visual representation of their testimony. And Joshua brings this testimony in front of his men, and he says, be strong and be courageous. I think a testimony mustn't be left in the dark. Even after 10 years, after 30 years, after one day, when we remember what God has done in a set of circumstances, He makes us strong and courageous, and He gives us perseverance to run the race marked out for us. And so as some of you may know, I've been doing a gap year this year, but it didn't really go as planned, and it never does. <laughs> so it's, it started with not being accepted anywhere in university. So all my plans disappeared. And so I decided to follow God. I mean, I didn't really have a choice, but I decided to follow God. <laughs> and to do a gap year. But it's not very common in Paris to do a gap year, especially as it's a big city. It's like usually you finish school, then you go study in a great university. So people will be asking me, oh, what are you doing next year? I'm like, I'm doing a gap year. <laughs> but I don't really know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to do something. But so it was, it was like walking on water. A little guy of 18 years old with no money, out of his comfort zone, to do something out of the ordinary, to go away from home. I felt so much anxiety, loneliness, but we have an incredible God. We have an incredible God, and He made this year one of the best years of my life. Meeting such great people, learning so much, and God providing for everything. And I've been accepted in one of the best universities in Paris for September, so it's just it's incredible. And so maybe this morning you can feel that this preach is not for you. Because maybe you don't have a testimony. Maybe you don't believe that Jesus has the power to move mountains. But each single one of us, despite our faith, despite our culture, despite our belief, despite our past, has still a testimony to happen. And so, as Steve said, we're going to do something quite special this morning. We're going to hear some testimonies of what happened during the equip. And so I just want to invite my friend Peck to come share his testimony. It's only French I know. The equip time, it was such a special time for me because I went into it and said, God, I'm just going to go in and not going to do anything, just go in and sit. And uh, for me, just, uh, just during the season, I've, I've maybe not struggled, but just wanting God to provide some clarity in family, in career, and in ministry. And what God did to me those three days just basically turned my world upside down. As many of you know, we, we fostered two kids. Sometimes we have a third. Uh, and so it's been quite a challenge, to say the least. Um, Wonder, am I a good father? Am I a good leader? Um, you know, what do you have in store for me? And we all know 
that work and dedication is the way to success, right? If, if you work hard, you'll be successful. But the path is not always clear. It's muddy. Um, the plan is not there. There's confusion. Um, so during the equip, over and over, when people were preaching, God continued to say, you know, this is part of my plan, but I, I just didn't get it. Um, but then I start hearing, like, God wants us to thrive, not just in family. If our family thrives, but our ministry suck, that's not very good. Or our career is awesome. We're making lots of money. We're doing all this great, but our family is struggling. Our marriages are struggling. Our relationships are struggling. That's not good either. So he wants us to thrive in every aspect of our lives. He surrounds us. We've got some amazing friends that encourage, that support church family, my own family, friends, people in business that, that I have uh, connections with. So he's surrounded with me with all this talent, and I've chosen to just try to go it on alone. But he said, no, I'm giving you everything that you need to thrive in all aspects of your life. So just to put in summary, Steve said I had 40 minutes, but I'll cut it to three to four minutes. <laughs> so just to encourage each and every one of you, if you're not sure what steps to take next, check out Proverbs 16.3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. He didn't say submit your career, submit your family, submit this, whatever it is, all things. And if the long journey is hard, it's arduous, and you're like, when is this going to end? Turn to 2 Timothy 4.7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And if that doesn't encourage you or build you, check out 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Because he's going to watch you. He's gonna, there's going to be the reward in heaven for you. You might not see it now, but if it's God that's called you to do whatever it is it, it is to do, he's in it. You, the victory will be won, and you can rest assured in that, as I have the last few weeks. As I, I know that God is in it every single day, and if he's in it, I cannot fail, I cannot lose, and his reward is, is there for me. All right, there we go. All right, so my testimony comes from Equip, and uh, during Equip, I wasn't even supposed to be actually at Equip. I was only supposed to be part of the eating sessions, and um, I was supposed to work that first morning of the Thursday, but God worked his way into my life and actually canceled my sessions in the morning. My clients started canceling one by one in the morning, so I was actually able to attend the Equip, and I said, like, okay, Jesus, I'll go, fine. <laughs> and before the Equip, though, I was feeling kind of like disengaged or disconnected a little bit from the Lord. I wasn't reading the Bible as much as I should be. I wasn't praying as much as I should be. I just wasn't as present with the Lord as I should be. And through the equip, during, wor during worship, that second day, I just remember 
I was reading just the words on the board, just the display during worship, probably as many of you can relate to, just kind of going through the motions. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to lead into the Jesus. I'm going to lead into the Lord. Just really pray into his word and pray into his name. As I did so, I closed my eyes. I could physically feel the Holy Spirit shaking within my body. I was like, literally, hands were shaking, legs were shaking. And as I was praying, as I thought I was just praying through my heart and through my mind, I actually ended up for the first time speaking in tongues. And because I remember during the first equip I went to last year, I remember seeing tongues spoken for the first time. And I was, thought it was the craziest, but also the most amazing thing ever. And I was so curious about it. And so I'd just be able to experience that for my first time personally, not even just personally, but through Jesus. And be able to be there with him during that moment. And through that, there was the word of a revival with me. It was constantly revival, revival, revival. And I know the Lord called me to be there. I know the Lord called me to speak into his name. And I know the Lord calls me to be here today and just hoping to be able to spread that to somebody else and give them that same joy and give them that same love that Jesus was able to give me. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Hello. So as I was reflecting on the week, I feel like God just gave me two things that just kept recurring in my mind. Um, the first one was just around serving. So first, I just want to say thank you to everyone that volunteered for Equip. Um, as I was kind of reflecting on that, I feel like what God was just reminding me of was that our act of serving is an act of worship to God. And honestly, Jesus, I don't know if he's here but just observing him in the parking lot, moving tables around in, in the you know, lobby area, taking out trash, I just felt like I was so encouraged by, by that and just seeing that even in the mundane things that he was just able to worship in that. I had the, the privilege of being able to do sound for two of the, the nights um, of Equip and you know, you're moving a bunch of mixers around and trying to make harmonies and such and uh, honestly, on Thursday, I actually felt kind of sad because Chanel was leading the meeting, and I felt like I missed out because I couldn't participate in that. But as I was reflecting on that and just mixing, I realized that as I'm mixing and moving these sliders around, that is my form of worship to God. And so after the meeting ended and everyone started to head out, um, I just was in the production booth by myself and just had a moment by myself with God just to be in his presence. And I feel like I just had a ton of peace just being there and just having that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. Um, the second thing that I feel like God has just been reminding me of is just the word obedience. It just kept coming up over and over, and I feel like that's a theme that I feel like God has just been telling me. And honestly, like I, um, I have this... I've had this insecurity of like not knowing God's word well enough because I don't have Bible verses memorized that I can just pull out and whatnot. Um, but at the end of the equip, I just felt a sense of peace and confidence when I walked out. And um, honestly, it's just, it's amazing because um, as I was sitting there, I realized that when the spirit was prompting me, I just needed to step out in obedience and be able to pray for people and to share words of encouragement and pictures with them. And that was just a blessing for me, and it was a blessing for other people. And so we all have different gifts that God has equipped us with, and our gifts may not look the same, 
but I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're honoring God by being obedient to the gifts that he's blessing us with. So, yeah, just wanted to share that. Hello. Um, I've been asked to share Yumi's testimony. Some of you may know Yumi and Jong. They have a son, Jaden. Uh, she was meant to share something but was actually called away at the last minute, so I'm going to share that. But before I do, I just wanted to say thank you to Daniel for sharing. It was such a wonderful word. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that what he shared this morning, he lives out. He lived with us for three months um, at the beginning part of this year. And when it was time for me to clean out his bathroom, I went into the bathroom and I saw post-it notes all over the mirror of scriptures encouraging him to live out what God had called him to do. And that Joshua scripture was one of them. And it just, I left them. I couldn't take them down because they meant so much to me and he's become to, to mean so much to me. I eventually did take them down because then we hosted some other people. But he is an incredible young man. And Dan, you are a man of strength. You really are. For all of your 19 years, which is not very many, you show a strength and a courage and a persistence in your faith, which is way beyond your years. And I wanted to thank you for being obedient and sharing with us this morning. Okay, so I'm going to read what Yumi wrote, so stay with me. She has been on an incredible journey, and she was part of the GTT, or the smaller equip we ran in November. And I actually had the privilege of praying with her, with Tyron, um, to receive the gift of tongues. And, but even before that, Yumi has shown an incredible desire and hunger to open herself up to the things of God. She um, has come from a, a background which um, is very different to ours. And I remember from the moment she stepped in uh, to Anthem, before we actually had this building, she would come to me mostly every single Sunday. And she would say, how did that happen? I've never seen this. What is going on? And there was just this openness and hunger and desire to learn. And God has met her where she is at, and she has been through something incredible. And so she says here, Hi, my name is Yumi, and this was our first equip. I, my husband and son, attended all day and also all evening, and we were amazed at how coherent and powerful every single session was. In retrospect, this was because every speaker had the desire to speak the truth. Tyron Daniel on the first equip night said, what God shakes, he breaks things open. When God shakes, he breaks things open. He breaks through, he breaks out. And this summarizes actually my personal spiritual journey here at Anthem, which is still going on. Before we joined Anthem Church, we were very active at our previous church. I was a devoted Sunday school teacher and a pianist for the worship service. And I thought that made me a good, faithful Christian. But I ended up being burned out and exhausted I was also unaware of the personal baggage from the past that I hadn't worked through yet, but God revealed it here at Anthem. Ever since I joined, I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so powerfully that I started crying after every single Sunday during praise, feeling compassion, healing, and the unconditional love of the Savior. Going back to the Sunday three weeks ago, just before the equip started, we came to church worship as usual. 
But this day, I found myself at the back of the auditorium because the praise, due to the sound being a little louder than usual. (laughs) Nevertheless, I tried to focus on feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit, and God was touching my heart as he did many times since I came to Anthem. I started to weep. And when Kanisha Venerable, Zeke's mother, found me, she came over and hugged me and started to pray with me. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something like, God says, my daughter, I see you and I feel your pain. He will comfort you and he will heal you. And as she continued to pray over me and prophesy, I was so comforted by this prayer and she was a total stranger. Throughout the whole equip, every speaker reminded us that everything goes back to the basics of the gospel, Jesus and God first, one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one truth, as Leo Nicotra said. This was reinforced by Marcus Herbert, who mentioned sometimes we have, hit, we have to hit the control-delete button on the computer, like a computer, to get back to the default basics, to get back to Jesus, to Christ-centeredness. James Lusk said in his session, as well and in the last Sunday sermon, that we have to ask ourselves, is Jesus fundamental or ornamental? Due to time constraints, I can't list all the points which renewed and challenged me spiritually during the equip, but it all culminated on the last day when God reminded me very gently but firmly that although I was saved and I loved Jesus, I was still caught in my own hurt and pain so that I was entertaining thoughts of my own trinity consisting of me, myself, and I. And that voice was often overpowering the voice of the true divine trinity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God asked me to put my self-made trinity down and instead try to listen and amplify the voice of the real divine trinity so that I would reflect, as Steve Barr said in his session, Jesus to the world and not myself. I feel that through the equip, God was telling me to listen and shift the focus to him rather than to myself. And I feel this is only the beginning of the next chapter in my spiritual journey.